Hi, I'm Kristen, and you're listening to A Public Church Podcast. We'd love to connect with you through our social media at A Public Church or through our website, publicchurch.com. Thanks for listening. So I'm just wondering, has anybody considered going back to college just so you get a homemade omelet on Wednesday night? Probably not. But have you thought, man, to be in college again? Now, here's, here's the reason you should think that. You don't realize the incredible schedule perks you have while you're in college as you get out of it. You know what I'm talking about? College students just giving you some perspective. Like in college, you're extremely busy, but you get to choose when you wanna do what you wanna do. Like I can choose to study or I can choose to nap or drink coffee or, you know, it may like bite me in the tail later on, but I get to choose. And then you enter adulthood and it's like, your boss says you will choose to be at work at eight o'clock and stay until five and not leave your desk no matter what you do and your choices are gone. So I'm just saying, there are some perks besides Kramer's Corner. I'm also wondering, is anybody excited about the Christmas Spectacular next week? All right, so for the next seven days, we have some exciting things coming up as part of our public church family. And I hope that you guys had a good holiday. I just wanna show you a picture of Whitney's side of the family from Thanksgiving. And so we were in Dalton, we had a great time. And the thing is though, here's what I've concluded. I've concluded that babies outwardly express what we all inwardly feel. Anybody with me? Because we all look happy until you zoom in to Oliver. And some of you are like, yes, that is me at Thanksgiving. Like if she had said one more thing to me, I would have just lost my mind. Well, Oliver just does. He just gives in. And so the thing is, it's supposed to be the happy time of the year at Kramer's Corner, Christmas Spectacular, the holidays. But so many of us are approaching this season with at least a sense of dread. Dread. Because of who's going to be there or maybe who's not going to be there. And you're like, could we trade? Like, I would love if like you came and said, if you came in, like, could we trade this and like work out some trades? Maybe it's dread because of unmet expectations. You just feel like the expectations that you've set every single year, they're not met. Or maybe it's because you feel the weight of unspoken expectations. You feel like there's all this pressure on me to do all these things and ah, and you just dread it. Perhaps you just feel the weight of the busyness. Is anybody already looking at your December schedule and just thinking, man, this is like, I'm tired looking at December. Anybody there already? You're looking at all the things you have to do, all this pressure, and just like, I am just already exhausted, and it's December 1st. So the thing is, we can often approach the holidays, yeah, it's supposed to be so happy, but we are just filled with dread. And that dread can lead to a couple different mindsets. Some of us can begin to approach the holidays with this thought, survive and advance. It's like it's an NCAA tournament. Look, I just gotta get through it. I will go to great granny's house and I will be there, but I'm checking the clock. I'll be on Instagram. I'm just gonna survive and advance and get to uh, New Year's Day when there's football. Anybody have that mindset? It's like, let's just get through it because you're just filled with dread. I think the other mindset that's easiest for us to get into is just, hey, I'm just gonna coast. Don't raise your hand, but a whole lot of us had goals in January, personal goals, things that we wanted to achieve throughout this year. By this time of year, a lot of us have gone, January's a long time ago, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. Like, we'll get New Year's resolutions coming up, I'm just gonna let go of everything. Sure, I'll feel bad on January 1st that I've just let go of all the stuff that I should've been diligent on, but it'll be fine. I get to reset on January 1st, let's just roll with it. And we just kind of coast and try to just ride it out. This is very prevalent in the school system. When I taught teachers, come on, we know this. There's this like tipping point in the semester around the time of end of course testing, where it's just like after that, it's like, 
Ooh, let's just get to Christmas. Let's ride this thing out. Everybody collectively takes a deep breath. <gasps> All right, we can make it. And you're like, no, that's not me. It happens school-wide. The point is, it's so easy for us in this season to be filled with dread, just get into an attitude of just survive in advance, or I'm just going to coast it out. And I'm just wondering, there's got to be a better way. Even though the holidays are going to be difficult for so many of us, there has to be a better way to not only navigate this season, but to navigate every season. And I'm absolutely convinced that that better way is found in following Jesus. So we're gonna look at a portion of a letter that was written by Paul to one of his favorite churches. Like he loved the people in Philippi, like absolutely loved them. And what he's gonna do is in this, we're gonna see part of the mindset towards a better way. A way for us, even in the difficulties that may come in this season or other seasons, not to just give in to, I'm just going to coast, not to just give in to survive in advance, but to find a mindset that is the better way found in following Jesus. So for those of us who follow Jesus, here's what we're going to get today. We're going to get a, a vivid image, like a word picture that hopefully will get stuck in our minds so that we can evaluate ourselves both in this season and any season to go, okay, am I coasting? Am I just buying it to survive in advance or am I choosing the better way found in Jesus? And if you don't follow Jesus, here's what's incredible. You get today to have the curtain peeled back and to see the mindset of a Jesus follower. And what I love about this letter is how Paul begins in Philippians 2, we're talking about mindsets by showing us the mindset of Jesus. In fact, if you're looking for something to read this Christmas season, if you're like, I don't know what I need to read, read this letter called Philippians. It is phenomenal. And so as Paul begins in Philippians 2 verse 5 and says, hey, this is the mindset of Jesus. Then after that, into our passage today in Philippians 3.12, which we'll start, Paul's saying, okay, because this is Jesus's mindset, here is my mindset. So we get to see into the mind of a Jesus follower. So we'll pick up in Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. And Paul writes this, not that I have already obtained this or, have, or am already perfect. So a huge question initially is, okay, what's this? He's talking about nothing I've already obtained this. Well, what is this? That's why we need some context. And if you were to go back and read in verses four through 11, Paul is very clear that he is consumed, absolutely consumed by a desire to know Jesus and become like Jesus. So when he says, not that I have already obtained this, what he's saying is, hey, I'm consumed by desire to know Jesus and become like Jesus, but I'm not there yet. He said, I'm not fully like Jesus, okay? I don't know everything there is to know about Jesus. And Paul would tell us that, look, we will never fully know Jesus. We will never fully become like Jesus on this side of eternity. It's just not possible. So for those of us who may have walked in going, man, I'm pretty good. You know, I mean, I, I may like be struggling a little bit, but I'm better than you and I'm better than you. And I'm better. So I'm just going to coast it out this holiday season, just kind of let off the gas and just ride through it. Paul says, we, we can't do that because you've not arrived. You're not perfect. So he says this, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. Here's what he says he does. I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. So Paul says this, look, because I've not arrived, I am going to press on. This word means to work, to give effort with energy. 
And so he's saying, I'm giving effort. I'm bringing energy. I'm bringing my A game. And here's what I'm pressing on to do. He said, to make it my own, to make becoming like Jesus, knowing Jesus my own, to obtain that goal because Christ Jesus has made me his own. What he does here is brilliant. Paul is just an incredible author. He uses the same verb to describe what he is going to do. And he also uses that verb to describe what Jesus has done for him. So here's what Paul is saying. Our effort is not for acceptance. Our effort flows from acceptance. That we aren't trying to earn God's love, but we are motivated by having already received his love. And in fact, this this idea that Christ Jesus made me his own, the, the image here is that Jesus literally grabbed him. And if you read in Acts 9, it's called the Damascus Road Experience. Paul is on his way to Damascus. And here's Paul's agenda, to imprison, torture, and kill Jesus' followers. And as he's going, there's a bright light. I mean, you should read it. And literally, it's like Jesus grabbed him. That was Paul's mindset on this. Like, Jesus just grabbed me. And here's what Paul would say. He would say, I was headed towards ruin. I was gonna wreck my life on earth and I was headed to an eternal death when I died. That's where I was going, I had no idea. And what Jesus did, he snatched me. (laughs) And I'm so glad that he made me his own. And now Paul would say, I belong to Jesus. Therefore, I want to become like Jesus. But again, the effort is not to obtain something. The effort is because Jesus has already obtained us. <laughs> and so I'm just wondering, if people were to watch us, if people were to spend time with us at work in our places of influence, if, if we were to ask our family members, would they look at us and say, man, you are somebody who looks like you've been just snatched up by Jesus, rescued from your own, from ruining yourself, and man, you are so in love with Jesus. Or would they see us as people, they're just, I'm just gonna survive in advance in this season or any season. I'm just gonna kind of let off and just coast through this. And maybe this image helps. For my wife, Whitney, I love her not out of fear. I serve her not out of fear or not because I'm afraid like, okay, if I don't do the dishes, she's gonna beat me. That's only happened once. And so I'm like, there's not this fear mindset, but I love her and I serve her because I've experienced her love. Like I'm motivated by her love. There's no insecurity of, I wonder if she likes me or my bag's gonna be packed when I get home today. No, I I serve and love her from a sense of security that I am stable in my position as her husband. And man, I've experienced her love. And so I wanna love and serve her in return. It's the same with Jesus. For those of us who follow him, we are secure in our position with him. We are secure in our status as adopted sons and daughters. And because we have experienced his love. Therefore, we are motivated to love him back, to know Jesus and become like him. And I say those two things, it's really the same side, or it's really two sides of the same coin. Because the reality is to know Jesus inevitably means that we will become like him. If we're in a relationship with him and we're really growing in that relationship, we have to start becoming like him. On the other side of the coin, we're like, I'm just gonna become like Jesus. How can you become like somebody you don't know? So it's really two sides of the same coin, that that our goal, Paul said, I press on, I have energy to know Jesus and to become like him. And then he says in verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. He's repeating himself to say, none of us have arrived. We're not perfect. And so he says, therefore, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies 
ahead. Now he says one thing and then list two. Look, it's the same action. Again, it's just two sides of the same coin. And so here's what Paul says. He says, hey, come on, let's refuse to let our past trap us. Let's refuse, let's refuse to allow our past to trap us. So he said, I'm gonna forget what lies behind. Literally, he means I'm pushing this out of my mind. Now, he's not saying that we experience something and then we never evaluate, we never refine. No, we need to refine, we need to learn. But too many of us, we're trapped by our past. We're going into this holiday season, trapped by how we handled last holiday season, or maybe even how we handled Thanksgiving. And we know our failures are haunting us. And maybe even sometimes subconsciously, that's how it is for me. I don't even realize it at times. But my past failures, they're kind of pulling me and, and I'm really just like enslaved to them. Or maybe, maybe for some of it, it's our past successes. Like if you wanna read an I'm the man speech, just read what Paul wrote earlier in this chapter. Like he had achieved basically everything possible. Like he was the man. And Paul says, it would be easy for me to become trapped by my past successes and to just coast. Just kind of let off and I'm, I'm just not gonna worry about it. I'm just gonna kind of, just kind of ease into this. And Paul says, no, let's not let our past, let's refuse to allow our past to trap us. So let's forget what's behind. And then he says, straining forward to what lies ahead. To help us understand this, I wanna read N.T. Wright's translation of this verse. Here's what he says. But this is my one aim, to forget everything that's behind and to strain every nerve to go after what's ahead. To strain every nerve. Now, before we get to that image, that's the image he's given us, let's just think about what's ahead. Here's what's ahead. Knowing Jesus, becoming like Jesus. Knowing Jesus, becoming like Jesus. That's what's ahead. But he said, I'm gonna strain every nerve. So Paul's audience that immediately had an image, probably an image, something like this. And so the question that Paul's really begging us to ask ourselves, a way that we can evaluate ourselves in this season and any season is to ask this question. Does our pursuit of Jesus look like an athlete straining? He says, strain every nerve. And if you look at this, this is Caleb Eagleson. His teammate Moises is behind him. Um, but the thing is, notice his leg muscles. Come on, people, that's pretty impressive, okay? I don't think he had an extra helping of dressing on Thanksgiving like most of us. But anyway, I'm just saying, like, he is straining. It's clear, you can see that in his teammate. There is straining. Is this what our pursuit of Jesus looks like? Or do we look like people sitting on the couch eating potato chips? And I like potato chips. But if we're thinking about an image that describes our pursuit of Jesus, Paul says, that's me. And that's who we need to be. And I just wanna take a moment and just celebrate some people in our family. And that's the Lee cross country team. Caleb Morgan, he's here today in the 1030. He's the head coach, his wife, Kristen, their boys, Luke and Eli, they got another child on the way. Man, they are phenomenal. Can we just celebrate them? He's an incredible coach, incredible family. I wanna make sure I get the stats right. So the men's cross country team finished 27th at nationals. That's like in the whole nation, people. That is really, really impressive. And the ladies did even better. Number 14, their highest NCAA finish ever, Celine Ritta and Chloe Flora finished in the top 40. That means they were all Americans. And, and, and Chloe was named the athlete of the year for the region. And so that means that, or Celine, excuse me, Celine was named the athlete of the year. So she headlined 10 total athletes who were all region. Man, they had a season. And so this group of people, they know what it's like to strain. 
So what we're gonna do throughout the rest of this talk is we're gonna keep coming back to this question with various images of different cross-country runners to try to get this image stuck in our mind because it would have been stuck in Paul's original audience. And as we think about this image, we need to understand this. These athletes are not straining to get on the team. They're straining because they're already on the team. They're not running for tryouts. This is the Nationals, okay? They're on the team. They're secure in their status on the team. They're not straining to get on the team. They're straining because they are on the team. It's the same with us who follow Jesus. We're not straining to become Jesus followers. We're straining because we are Jesus followers. And he grabbed us off the path of ruin and set us on a path towards knowing him. Paul, early in this letter in Philippians 2, 12 and 13, he says this so well. He says, work hard. Ugh. Some of you are like, I didn't know that was part of following Jesus. It is. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Not to be saved, but to show that you have been. To show the results. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Here's what's awesome. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. This is phenomenal because the Holy Spirit of God is inside of us, like prodding us on, pulling us forward. Isn't that amazing? He's energizing us to strain like an athlete. And then in verse 14, Paul goes on to say, I press on, again, effort. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So again, I press on, we gotta ask this question. Does our pursuit of Jesus look like an athlete training? Does our pursuit of Jesus look like this image? Is that what we look like? He says, I press on. And here's what he presses on towards, the goal. Now, now the word goal there is not a literal goal. Here's what it means. It means a focal point. This is Olivia. Here's what Olivia is doing. She is focused on a point, and this is a technique of running, that when you're running, what you do is you choose a focal point and you just stare at it. And no matter what happens, you do not take your eyes off of that. Because the moment you start to look around, you begin to waver, and then you're losing time, and you're not able to fully strain forward. This is the image Paul has for us. What I love about this is he doesn't say what his goal is. He doesn't say what his focal point is. In fact, it's like he's saying, hey, you decide what your focal point is. What is it that is your focal point that you fix your eyes on that and that allows you to strain like an athlete moving towards the finish line? For me personally, from a big picture standpoint, it's this thing in my office called a great works board. That is my focal point that I can look at that and it recalibrates me and it's a metric that makes sure, man, I am moving towards knowing Jesus and becoming like him. At the top of it is Nehemiah 6.3. I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Focus. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? At the bottom, more focus, Galatians 1.10. For am I now uh, living, seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. A reminder, it's not about what people think, it's about what Jesus is leading me to do, and it's my focal point that makes sure I'm straining like an athlete. Not straining to become a Jesus follower, but I belong to Jesus, therefore I wanna become like Jesus. Not trying to earn love, I'm responding to the love that I have received. Toward the goal, for the prize. Here's what's incredible. The prize is Jesus and it's found in Jesus. So what Paul says, you're like, what? Hey, just get to know Jesus and you will figure it out. The prize is Jesus. It's found in Jesus. He is our aim. And then he says this, of the upward call. Here's what he means by that. When we have a focal point, 
When we say, man, I'm not gonna allow my past to trap me, but I'm gonna strain like an athlete, here's what happens. He says, it pulls me upward. It pulls me out of traps like, oh, I'm just gonna survive and advance in the season or I'm just gonna coast through the season or I'm just gonna kind of take it easy. It pulls us upward towards our future. You know where our future is? Our future, if you read the end of the book, is not just that we go up to heaven, but that heaven comes to earth. That's how Revelation, last book of the Bible, that's how it ends. That heaven comes to earth and that we and all of creation are restored. Here's what that means. Jesus died and was resurrected and one day we're gonna be resurrected. And when we are resurrected, we will holistically be restored. Like that is our future. That is the point when we will finally fully know Jesus and fully become like Jesus. And so what Paul's saying is my focal point, my straining, it's like pulling me upwards towards my future, that the Holy Spirit is energizing me to move towards the future that he's pulling me towards and that I'm working towards of ultimately knowing Jesus and becoming like him when Jesus comes back and I'm resurrected just like him. That is the upward call. So then Paul in verse 15, he says this, let those of us who are mature think this way. The word mature could also be translated perfect. He's being ironic here. He said, ah, so if you still think you're perfect, recognize this. A quote from N.T. Wright summarizes it best. That true maturity, he insists, actually means knowing that you haven't arrived and that you must still keep pressing on forward towards the goal. Paul says, if you think you're mature, then strain. Does our pursuit of Jesus look like an athlete straining? And I love this image of Celine because here's the thing. Like if you could zoom out, she's literally, she's got the finish line across her at this point. Like she is there, she's smiling. She's like, I'm right here. I'm finishing strong, straining to the end. Man, that's what we're moving towards. That's what the Holy Spirit is empowering us to work towards, energizing us to strain towards. (laughs) And so she says, man, or Paul says, hey, if, if you're mature, this is our approach. And then he says something that I love, he says, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. When I read that, I was like, is Paul saying that if you disagree with me, you're wrong, but I'm not gonna argue because I can't convince you and God will just show you over time? Yes. <laughs> he's saying some people aren't gonna believe my logical argument that he's brilliantly laid out. He says some people aren't gonna believe that. That's cool, God will show you. I'm not gonna waste my time getting an argument with you. God will show you that we need to be straining like an athlete towards the finish. And then he says this in verse 16, only let us hold true to what we have attained. In other words, verse 16 could be summed up in three words. No backwards movement. No backwards movement. Look, this is incredible news because it means that I don't have to begin to look at, okay, you're here and you're here and you're here and am I okay where I'm at? No, no, I just have to assess, okay, where am I? And from wherever I'm at, no backwards movement. Paul says, if you agree with everything he said, if you get it, cool, from that point, move forward. If you don't quite get it, cool, God will show you over time, from that point, move forward. But it's an opportunity for us to evaluate ourselves and go, okay, where am I? What's my mindset in this season? And what my mindset needs to be is, okay, from wherever I am, no backwards movement, I'm gonna strain like an athlete. And there's this picture Notice that Caleb is not looking backwards, is he? He's totally focused ahead. In all the images of these athletes we've shown, none of them are going, ah! None of them are reaching back. Everything's going forward. 
no backwards movement. So in this season, let's not coast, let's not survive in advance, let's evaluate ourselves. Does our pursuit of Jesus look like an athlete straining? The next picture I absolutely love because it shows three different athletes. The reality is this pursuit needs to be run in a group. (laughs) And so shameless plug for community groups. Don't let the busyness of this season go, I'm good by myself. You know, like if you're anything like our community group, we're serving this week at Kramer's Corner, we're taking some weeks off around the holidays. Those things will naturally happen, but man, we need each other. These athletes, Amber Littlejohn, man, she's got her teammates beside her. We need each other in this pursuit. And so here's the challenge and the action for us today. The, 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 the challenge isn't something new that we need to do. The challenge is for us to face what we've been trying to ignore. The reality is that some of us felt the Holy Spirit leading us to begin a strategy for how to study the Bible. Maybe it involved getting up at a certain time or reading in a certain way. And man, it's the holidays and who, we'll pick that up in January, forget that, I don't have time for that. And you wish I was bringing something new so you could distract yourself from what you already know you need to do. But it's not about something new, it's about what we already know we need to do. It's about going, man, in this season, do I look like an athlete straining? Or am I just kind of coasting, survive in advance? For some of us, we've been praying Ephesians 3, 14 through 21, our prayer of immeasurably more, once a week, every week for the whole year. Man, it's busy, it's easy to forget that. I mean, who cares if we skip a month? No, 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 strength. God's given us the energy. Let's finish strong. For some of you, maybe it's saying, you know what, in May, when we first talked about the Beyond Project, it's an incredible opportunity that we have to build and create spaces where Jesus impacts people beyond the room. Man, the Holy Spirit led me towards a generosity percentage increase, but come on, people, it's Christmas time. I can take off the month of December and really, you know, the end of November, it's fine. Like, I'm just not gonna worry about that. I may have misheard the Holy Spirit. He may have said, like, just through November, maybe, you know, I'm just gonna, like, coast it out. Like, no, Jesus is saying, hey, strength. Keep going. Don't let off the gas. Does our pursuit of him look like an athlete straining? And maybe for some of you, it's taking a risk and serving like you never had before. Maybe you've heard us talk about our Romanian mission journey that's coming up. And you've thought, ah, maybe should think about that. But then you get distracted. It's busy. You forget about it. I just encourage you. If the Holy Spirit's leading you to do something like this or something else, Let's lean into the nuts. Let's put some effort into exploring what he may be asking us to do. So maybe it's just coming back after the 12 for a meeting. Maybe you're saying, hey, I can't do that with my schedule, but I'm gonna send an email to katie at publicchurch.com, but this is something I need to explore. And this is just one example. Look, the reality is I don't have to give more examples because we already walked in knowing what we're trying, knowing what we're trying to ignore but what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do so we can strain towards knowing Jesus and becoming like him. Today, Paul's saying, no backwards movement. From wherever we are, let's move forward. You know, the reality is, Jesus followers, we should be the most motivated, driven people on the planet. Think about it. Because our motivation, our drivenness, our effort doesn't flow from a place of insecurity. It doesn't flow from trying to earn something. It flows from a place of the fact that Jesus died for us, paid the penalty for our sins, invites us to follow Jesus, and we give energy and we work and we strain from a place of security. 
So the image of Jesus followers should never be a couch potato. It should be athletes who are straining because of what Jesus has done for us. So maybe you're sitting here and you're going, man, I'm unmotivated. I'm not about that life. Look, the way to become motivated isn't to think, I need to do this. The way to become motivated is to read about Jesus, to think about what he did for you on the cross how he rose from the dead, to think about how for you personally, there was a moment in a lot of your lives where he literally snatched you off a path of ruining your own life on earth, but also of eternal destruction. And he set you on a path of becoming like him to think about and just become overwhelmed by Jesus, overwhelmed by how he's loved us. And then the motivation to strain, oh, that will just naturally come into place because the Holy Spirit is inside of us, empowering us, giving us the desire and the ability to work hard, to move forward. So the band's gonna come up. And I just wanna first off say, if you don't follow Jesus, and look at how he has pursued you. And just the way, in the same way that he snatched up Paul on the road to Damascus, he wants to snatch you up today. He's pursued you by bringing you here to this point. And the invitation is, would you surrender? Would you surrender to Jesus? And if you want to surrender, if you have questions about what that means, I mean, you're here, so there's some level of curiosity in you. Go to our prayer team. They'll be in the back. As soon as the band begins to play and sing, go to them and have that conversation. And for the rest of us, man, let's reflect. Let's really think about, man, does my pursuit of Jesus look like an athlete straining? And I'll end with, Philippians 3.15 in the message version, just to really help us, it says this. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, here's, here's what I wanna ask. Do you really want everything God has for you? That's what I feel like the Holy Spirit's asked me as I've prepared. Do I really want everything God has for me? Because if I do, then I will naturally strain. I will recognize that my effort is not for, for acceptance, it's from acceptance the man I have been so loved by Jesus and therefore I'm motivated to know him and become like him and experience all that he has planned. So take a few moments, evaluate yourselves, go talk to our prayer team member if you need to. And then when you're ready, stand and sing. Jesus, I love you. I thank you so much for this absolutely phenomenal passage. This, this challenge and this vivid image, I just ask that it would get stuck in our minds, that in this season and in every season, that we would literally think about these athletes and we would evaluate if we look like them. So show us, give us the courage to do what we already know we need to do. Holy Spirit, energize us. And I pray that we would be a people who are moving, straining towards you.